Hello everybody and uh, thank you all for watching and welcome back for another episode of Crossing Darkness. Um, we're doing uh, Season 2, Episode 1. I'm your host Frozen Fallout. Today I have with me my co-host Motorori. Hi everybody. Um, so we're switching up things a little bit uh, this time. We've been off the air for quite a while now and we're really excited to come back with a new format this season. Um, we'll be broadcasting over Twitch, um, Sundays 7 p.m. to 7.30 p.m., um, and we'll be open with uh, chatting with the fans during and after the show. Um, so one of the major things that we're going to be focusing in on um, this season, and specifically this episode as well, is going to be the reboot of our Madison Under Siege setting. Um, so we're going to kind of go over some of the stuff that we... Uh, have done so far and uh, um, talk about what we are going to be doing moving forward into the future. Um, so Moto yeah, Rory, so, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, well, I'm Moto Rory and I'm one of the other GMs on the Madison Under Siege uh, project, uh, which started, what, five, six years ago now? I um, can't even remember. It's been a while. <laughs> uh, in the years 2016, 2017, and 2018, we ran significantly large games at Gen Con that were well-received. Uh, the basic mythos of Madison Under Siege is that a the existence of a super node in Madison, Wisconsin, created the uh, coming together and alliance of four supernatural groups, the werewolves, vampires, mages, and uh, later on, the, the hunters, uh, in order to conceal and then use the power of the super node for their uh, individual uh, goals. Uh, at some point, we fought something really big. I think that was Gen Con 2017. Was that the last big one? Um, 20, 2018, I thought, was our last big one. I believe so. I'd have to double check, but I think 2018. Because I think it was 2016, 2017, 2018. We did three years. Well, 2019 was the last Gen Con we went to, and I feel like we had two years where we didn't run stuff. You you ran the big the uh, the 10-person tables the previous year. So that must have been 2017. Or 2018, rather. Well, regardless, that that probably doesn't matter now. Anyways, yeah, we'll we'll um, go over that later. It's it seems strange because it's such a significant uh, event in our lives, and we can't even remember what year it happened. So. Oh, it's just a blur, though. I mean, that was the yeah. whole thing. It was it because I mean, we tried doing we did four tables at Gen Con. Uh, oh. It was uh, our first game was an eight hour day or eight hour game. Wasn't it? It was an eight hour. No, it was. It was 10 hours. Ten, was it? 10 players each. 2 o'clock to midnight, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. And the whole point of it was it gave us 100 game hours per GM, which the whole point of that was to get a free hotel room, uh, which technically worked. Or 200 hours from doing that. Yeah, that was a burnout, oh, yeah. though. It was 200 per. But it was like this huge... Two days in a row. So it was uh, 10 people per table in one big room, 
and everybody could kind of communicate with each other during downtimes, and we did like three downtimes, um, big political stuff and murders, uh, you know. Yeah, everybody. Uh, we, we called it we called it tabletop LARP because it was a, a combination between the two, uh, tabletop and LARPing. Uh, people really enjoyed it. Uh, we wrote a lot of backstories for a lot of characters, and uh, it's been a few years since we ran it. So now we're uh, we're kind of re-exploring what to do with that mythos, and because uh, because we're not going back to those styles of games. Also, uh, the pandemic. We're not going to conventions, so that probably moves us into our next topic, which is the new game that we're running on Twitch on Mondays. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that, Josh? Um, so yeah, on uh, Sundays or on Mondays um, from uh, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m., we are running Technogate, which is a uh, Mage the Ascension um, technocracy game. So, it, you know, lots of inspiration from Warehouse 13, lots of inspiration from um, Stargate, for sure. Um, you know, we're just having fun. Um, we're going to be, um, we kind of have like an epic arc um, that's going on. That is the, um, you know, hunting down of uh, Mudden, a man who is a um, Nefandi, who's trying to summon Cthulhu. Um, although that um, characters have learned more about what he's actually trying to do now. Um, and so there was, you know, the first two episodes that we have are kind of a uh, big epic arc, uh, start you off, you know, kind of jump you right into the ocean of what's going on. Um, and then the next couple episodes that we're going to be doing moving forward, we're going to try doing like a more episodic kind of uh, TV show. You know, you can kind of just drop in whenever, you know, skip episodes. Um, but you're going to kind of want, you know, to get all of the epic arc, you kind of got to watch them all because, you know, there's little tidbits of the epic arc going to be spread throughout everything. Um, yeah. But uh, the main feature of the show will be that it's episodic. So that if you do jump in and you don't want to care about what's going on in the epic arc, you can kind of just jump in for a show. Yeah. Uh, and I think you did mention it, but it is, it is a technocracy game. So I am playing in that game. Uh, as Tycho Vance, a Void Engineer. Um, the the game is set in Madison, Wisconsin. What what year did we settle on? Uh, it's 2008. Uh, so it was July in 2008 when we started. I think we're in, into October right now. Wait, I thought it was late 90s. Just 2008. God damn. Uh, <laughs> time flies, man. 1998. Okay, yeah. So 1998. Um, yeah, so I'm playing a Void Engineer who grew up at the Construct. Uh, we've got our friend... Right, before we get permission to use uh, actual names, uh, her her Discord name is Jessie's Meowth. Uh, and she's playing Phaedra, a uh, soon-to-be progenitor who has been uh, hunting Mudden for years. And uh, and actually a brand new player to uh, the world of darkness. Uh, his Discord name is Bruce City Bastard, and he is playing uh, Robert Kell, a New World Order 
No, sorry. I keep I keep fucking keep that up. Doing it's that. <laughs> void engineer. He works in the void engineer uh, department of psychological. It's the shrinks. Yeah, basically the people that when there's uh, you go out and hang out in the Umbra and you come back, you he like you know they psychoanalyze you to make sure that yeah. you're not all fucked up from the uh, from the whole experience. Yeah. So unfortunately, we we actually did play what how many sessions of that game with uh, uh, another player, and then a few other sessions with our current lineup and. We had some technical difficulties, so there's at least one episode that we completely lost. So, because we only recorded your voice, and then I think we've got the audio for a bunch of the earlier ones. So, we might release those one day. Yeah. Hello. No, I can hear you. Yeah. Um, trying to think of what else we could talk about in terms of Technogate. Um, well, it's a, one of the big things that we want to make sure we talk about is that it's you know a, uh, a live stream that we do on Twitch. Um, so yeah, I think currently we're going with video off, but uh, we might change that uh, in the next few months. Yep, and it's just uh, you know it's something that we're playing around with, and we'll. We'll, we'll do more um, with it, you know, go, going forward and see. But it's going to be inside of the Madison Under Siege setting um, that we are kind of building right here. Um, so players do have some inside information as to the world that they're playing in. Um, I'm really open to players knowing, you know, uh, having access to the setting, just like I'm open. I, I like using the World of Darkness setting because there's so much setting information that you can read out there and I don't mind all my players knowing a lot of that because we're going to you know always during games and as a GM you're on the fly you're going to change things up a little bit here or there to throw things off especially if you know your players know a bunch of stuff um, and it's you know just because they know they read something in the book doesn't make it 100% or hearing it on this stream doesn't necessarily make it exactly 100% so oh yeah no you've you've done that to me in other games where like we replayed something and you just completely changed something up. So I, I was expecting one thing and uh, I was still surprised despite the fact that it was a replay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. So that's, that's one of the big keys there is just to get, uh, um, get the information out there, work with and A lot of this podcast is going to be about world building and concepts and just kind of putting it to, uh, instead of being theoretical with it, we're going to, we're going to actually, we're doing it, you know, and this is going to be stuff yeah. that we're going to use moving forward at our games. Probably not going to do the 40 person four table games moving forward, but we are going to do individual games of four to five, six people, stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, before we move on to uh, plans for new games, uh, I just wanted to get back a little bit more into Technogate. Um, what's the, Let's just tell everybody, like, what's the general idea of the technocratic construct in Madison? Like, who's all there and why? Uh, we might also want to talk... where? 
a little bit about what what the technocracy is in general. Oh yeah, and, and Mage the Ascension um, and World of the Darkness. It is episode one. Um, so let me just give you like a general overview here. We've got um, you know World of Darkness. We'll start with here, and the game settings that that we're playing in is basically um, our world. Um, except for darker with supernatural creatures behind the scenes kind of running everything. Um, and they take our history and kind of twist it and, and torment it. And there's ma th three major factions um, in the game, which is werewolves, uh, vampires, and mages. And then there's a bunch of sub-factions underneath that. Um, so we've gone with werewolves, vampires, mages, and Hunter the Reckoning, um, which you know, to some of the degree of Hunter the Reckoning doesn't really come in until the year 2000 or so, 1999 um, is about when they appear. Um, so definitely a uh, game that uh, is not going to be in every one of our settings. Because like in my Technogate, it's not really existent yet. But there, we do have some mythos about how Hunter kind of does exist a little bit, but on a very small, small scale in a weird way. Um, yeah. And that stuff we in, might in change 1998, up, so. In 1998, the, the Hunter Academy does exist, but it doesn't have nearly as many members. It's, no, it, it shouldn't even have hardly any or none at that point. Uh, I'm taking some liberties with how long Hunters have been around. Since I am in charge of the Hunter mythos. That's true. I mean, and, and that's kind of the stuff, too, is that uh, uh, we're definitely open to manipulating stuff. And yeah, so uh, Motorori is the one who kind of has done most of the um, work on Hunter. Coder did a little bit of it uh, back in the day. Yeah, he had a really good, uh, a nice, solid foundation for me to go off of. Absolutely. And I used a lot of it. I also added too much. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we're going to kind of go back and reboot and refix a lot of this stuff. Um, we're not necessarily going to be handing out, this is your loan project these days. We're kind of just working all together and kind of building this up, mainly me and Motorori. Um, but in any case, uh, so yeah, so that's the world of darkness, uh, I guess, is, is what I was talking about. Um, so the world of darkness in general is is all about, uh, you know, vampires, werewolves, and um, mages, for the most part. There's hunters and other changelings and other things like that. Um, so for the most part, we're going to be focusing in on these four groups, though. Um, there's lots of books about them. It's an RPG tabletop game. Um, they've got some good video games out there. Um, they've got uh, they've got a huge LARP community that's out there. Um, and White Wolf just got kind of revived a little bit. But there's also uh, Onyx Path does a lot of World of Darkness at, uh, type games, um, where it's Chronicles of Darkness. So, but in any yeah. case, down from there then. Um, the game that we specifically are playing for Technogate is Mage the Ascension. So Mage the Ascension is all about um, will workers, basically, people who um, manipulate reality and bend reality to their will um, based upon how they see how reality is. And then it's a game about 
you know, looking at reality differently. Um, the main factions in it are the traditions, which are your older factions of mages, basically. So you've got like a Hermetic Order, um, the Dream Speakers, the Virtual Adepts, um, stuff like that. Basically, you've got like, you know, old wizards and shamans and, um, you know, Native American type uh, um, cultures and stuff like that and how they seed the world, uh, how, how they saw reality. Um, and then technocracy is the uh, group that is basically all about uh, advancing technological advances over magic instead of using world be reality bending stuff which they still actually do they focus mainly on technology um, and enhancing and using all of their reality bending through technology um, yeah and, and the technocracy does do magic in the same way that uh, uh, the other mages do they just never look at it as they, they think what they're doing is called enlightened science. Right. Uh, and they, they don't like mages because they just do things that uh, shouldn't be possible, according to science. Uh, it, it, can get, it can get difficult to wrap your head around what exactly the technocracy is trying to do. Um, but regardless, um, they have something called a construct in Madison... And that's where the Technogate program is, where we're playing this game. So uh, why don't you go into like what the Technogate program is and why it's here? Um, sure. So the Technogate program is basically um, the... I, I mean, to be honest, it's just me kind of ripping uh, a lot of uh, stuff from uh, Stargate and just kind of like seeing that as kind of an interesting concept, but kind of changing it and manipulating it so that it fits really well into the technocracy in the sense that, um, there's like an underground bunker facility, um, a huge one that has like capabilities of housing, like starships and stuff like that and doing repairs on them and drop offs. And what it is, is it's a gigantic super gate that basically that exists underneath Madison's airport, um, in this hidden bunker, um, and it allows them to, um, you know, use it as like a teleporter to get from um, place to uh, different places throughout the Umbra. Um, it also can be used to connect to other uh, places on Earth as well, other constructs. Um, and the idea behind it is, though, uh, that basically they're the... The thing they focus on the most is going out into the Umbra and exploring the Umbra and learning about the Umbra. It's very um, Stargate-esque, but it's you know it's it's older. It's been around for longer. You know, it, it's very different from Stargate in the sense there's not the Gawauld or the whole storyline behind that. It's completely different. Um, our storyline is more about corruption and Nefandi and mages that are um, in Technomancer. Or, uh, technocratic individuals that are uh, corrupt and what they're doing and, you know, the overarching story of the world of darkness, um, but kind of having that heavy influence from Stargate, basically. Oh, yeah. And who doesn't want to play in a Stargate game? Right. <laughs> uh, Although I'd rather play it in the world of darkness mythos rather than the Stargate mythos. Yeah, Stargate Mythos is interesting, but uh, I really like the World of Darkness Mythos over it, so that's my... Yeah. 
So I guess the only thing I would add to that is uh, join us on, on Mondays at 7 p.m. to uh, follow the adventures of Tycho, Phaedra, and Robert. Technogate Team 42. Uh, and if you've got nothing to add, uh, we can move on to uh, ideas that we have for Gen Con games going forward. Yeah, so... Since we're not going to be doing the large 40-person tabletop LARPs anymore, um, what is, what's your first idea? So my first idea really here is going to be... Um, I'm going to want to do some rehashes, possibly, of um, and reboots of the game that we already played on a smaller scale, basically. Instead of doing all... 40 players at once i might just do 10 players and i've done this a couple of times at other conventions as well is just do 10 players for the uh, mage game on day one play a four hour game um and and then just do that for each one of the the factions the werewolf game the next day a mage game the next day a hunter the reckoning game the next day um and then that kind of will be the the focus of, of what I kind of want to do at conventions um, until we kind of get things a little bit more solid um, as to because it's it's easy you know I can kind of take I've got all of the work that we've already done um, we've got character sheets and stuff like that um, so I've been doing four hour games basically of um, I've been focusing I believe it is on our year two um, I want to say year two or year three um game because uh, i have all the character sheets and really nice um you know uh, bindings and you know got all the information there and i mean these are we're talking like like eight page character sheets stuff like that (laughs) (laughs) i think the longest backstories we ever had was maybe like a page long single spaced but uh but yeah we we made gigantic packets that one year yeah, they're they're big giant packets. They have a bunch of they're four pages of the character sheet, and then the background story, and then who yeah. you knew, and what was going on, um, you know, what your political views were, and stuff like that. Um, so I'm kind of just taking those and kind of re- remaking them a little bit, editing some things here and there, um, and updating them for for that and kind of playing with people that some people sometimes might know you know might have been in my other games um but you know like i've done with uh, mike i've changed things up um when i do stuff like that so um so that's my kind of goal moving forward right now is to kind of take the easy route when we go to these kind of conventions and kind of do stuff that we have really solid cool stuff for already that we've invested a lot of money in and we've already done quite a bit i keep on pointing over at my bookshelf over here that's got all like my stuff um but basically um my uh so that's what i plan on doing what what is your ideas okay i've got three so if you want to interrupt me in between some of these just go ahead um so the first one is larps uh so taking away the tabletop aspect of what we did before um LARPing can be really weird, and I didn't like it until I found a company called Kettle of Fish. I had seen their events in catalogs, especially at Origins, for years. 
Uh, I tried other LARPs. Uh, didn't like them. I tried... Well, I stopped by at one that you played in uh, at Gen Con a while back. It was one of those really big World of Darkness ones. Mm-hmm. And didn't like that. But uh, these Kettle of Fish guys... Uh, so just to get into it really quickly, they just write up like 50 to 60 characters. And the characters are like two paragraphs. It's not even long. You just come in, you get a character, and they let you loose for two hours. And that's it. The As GMs, they kind of like adjudicate things and um, kind of like if there is a story to be told, they they make sure the events happen. But uh, the way that I've described it to people who don't LARP is it is two hours of madcap craziness. And it's super fun. And I would love to replicate that inside the the World of Darkness um, Madison Under Siege mythos. Uh, I know Jesse's Meowth is also down with that because she's played in a few of those LARPs with me. So, um, so yeah, so LARPs and LARPs are also relatively easy to put on as you get a bunch of people, but you don't need a lot of GMs or a lot of prep because <clears throat> you're literally just giving people two paragraphs. This is your character. Here are your goals. Go. Uh, so it's kind of a, a low-cost, high-reward kind of thing. The only thing is, not a lot of people want to play LARPs. So it's kind of hard to to get them in there. Um, the other two are live plays and a living campaign. So live plays, I, I, it's kind of like what Critical Role does. They do a live session at a convention. They sell tickets. I'm pretty sure we won't be able to sell tickets. We're probably just going to have to make it a like a panel. Yep. Uh, but I fully expect the next Gen Con or Origins we go to, it'll just be, hey, live Technogate session. And it'll be half, like, if you're a fan of it, you can come to it. Or if you've never heard of this stuff and you need a, an event to go to, it'll, it'll be two or three hours long. And it's just us playing Technogate, but at the convention. Uh, and I really like those. I think they could be really fun. Uh, and the last one is Living Campaign, uh, which is, uh, if you're familiar with uh, D&D Adventure League, Pathfinder Society, uh, it, it's not exactly like that. Um, if I do ever do it, it's going to be based off of the Heroes of Rokugan, Legend of the Five Rings game, that has been running at Gen Con for over 15 years now under different management uh, from time to time. Uh, I played in lots of those games and I had a lot of fun and it was great, uh, a great community and I'd love to do that. Uh, My current idea for a living campaign is uh, Hunters. Uh, I've already got some, some large arcs sketched out but uh you know i just got to put the work in but if i can i think it would be really fun so living campaign insides madison under siege 
Yeah, that'd be really awesome. I'd definitely play. Any other ideas for conventions that we would do? That come to mind for you? Um, not not really at this point in time. And uh, I mean, we're coming up on about twenty eight minutes right now. So yeah, yeah, we got to wrap it up here. Um, other conventions. So real quick, Origins. I go to Origins every year. Other than that, I used to go to uh, two smaller conventions for the the Legend of the Five Ring stuff. I have since stopped going to those. So I'm open to go to other conventions. And then uh, our local one, Gamehole Con in Madison, Wisconsin. Definitely have to have a presence there. Yeah, and uh, in the midwinter... Um... Oh yeah, forgot yep. I didn't go this year. So that'll be uh, those will be some of the conventions that we'll be hitting up, um, and then uh, I think what we're going to do is uh, wrap up uh, the episode here um, with uh, Tycho, uh, <laughs> Tycho, um, with uh, Motorori doing some. Uh, he's going to go over some lore and NPCs that he's created for our setting here, um, and then. Um, I think what we'll do is um, open it up to see if anybody want, has any questions. Um, and if we don't have any questions, we'll kind of end the episode there. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I've had this idea of wrapping every uh, episode of the podcast with uh, your new NPC or lore uh, that you want to add to the Madison Under Siege mythos. Uh, I literally typed this up just before the episode, so if the grammar is off... Uh, I apologize. Uh, Thomas Cade. After a series of missteps and tragedies, Thomas Cade became a Fomor, a a bane of one of the Urgeworms. He spent several years serving in the Army of the Worm under the direction of a cult leader in northern Michigan. Several years ago, Thomas was sent on a mission to Mexico to assist a hive of black spiral dancers in an attack on a cairn they wished to corrupt. Unknown to them, however, the Cairn at the time was host to a very unusual gathering of werewolves and hunters. Most of Tomas's companions were slaughtered and ran away, or ran away, but Tomas had been injured early in the battle, and no one found him till much later. The person that found Tomas was a young child of Gaia, who hid Tomas away for several days, and with the help of her new friends from the Hunter Academy, were able to excise the bane from Tomas's body and soul. In order to survive, they had. Uh, in order for Tomas to survive, they had to fill the hole left by the bane that had been removed. In an act of courage and perhaps stupidity, the young Garu called on a fox spirit who found the prospect to be a curious one and agreed. Because of other problems, Tomas needs regular care from both the Garu and the hunters. He has been placed in a small town in southern Wisconsin where they can check up on him frequently. The interesting thing about Tomas now is that he still has a connection with the Bane that was once connected to him. And through that, the Bane's new host, who just so happened to return to the same cult. Tomas now regularly sends reports to the Hunter Academy with vague, almost incomprehensible descriptions of what he has seen. But don't discount his reports. They have saved many of our allies in the past. Alright, so that is... Tomas Kane. Cade. Nice. So is there any specific ideas you have for using him in uh, in our setting? Uh, well, definitely for modules, right? Because 
at any time, Somas Cade could send a, like, basically a vision. It's, this is what I saw, this is what they might be doing. Uh, he's basically an intelligence asset. Um, he's also open to, if if players, again, in the living campaign, uh, need to, like, infiltrate that cult. They'll be told about this guy, and they can go talk to him. Uh, he, he might also have, you know, some very valuable experience to tell players about what it's like to be a FOMOR, or, I don't know, FOMORI is the the more known term. FOMOR is the singular. Um, although, I don't know if there is any... If there are any rules in the books for undoing a FOMORI. So, I kind of came up with that. The idea that it's he is still connected to a spirit, but it's not a bane. Uh, I don't know if that's even legal in the systems, but <laughs> I don't know. It, it made sense to me at the time. Yeah, no, that's 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 kind of the thing that uh, you know. It's, it's there's it's complicated. The world of darkness is complicated. The more that you add into the world of darkness, the more complicated it gets. And you know the the concept of doing what you want to do instead of being held down by all the crazy rules that are out there. Um, do what do what makes best for your game, I think, is, is the big thing there. Yeah. Um, so if things are wrong, well, they're wrong. And you're just going to have to deal with it. It's not it's not your world of darkness or the world of darkness. It's, it's our world of darkness. Like the Madison it's, a world of it's a world of darkness, yes. Yeah. Um, Even we disagree on some of the canon that we've God, come up with. Total... Yeah, I mean, what, we've we'll had have to do five a, GMs, uh, six GMs. We'll have to do a special episode one day about uh, that that mini campaign that I ran in Chicago, <laughs> right? Years ago. Um, but yeah, so um, so we're gonna go ahead and uh, I think start wrapping it up here. Um, I'm gonna kind of leave it open here though, real quick. Uh, give it a minute or so for if you if there's anybody that's watching, if you're in chat, uh, you can go ahead and. Uh, post any questions um, we've if if people are you know responding and stuff we'll um, go beyond a minute but we'll wait a minute or so here to um, see if anybody has any questions any comments any concerns any um, picking picking up my kitty it's a, it's a request but my cats are in there uh, let's see it's yeah you did see that that was me that requested that, right? Yeah, well, I mean, but see that kitty, uh, like, house, like, uh, castle that we have for them? Um, that's, uh, that's for... Oh, damn, them. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, it's this giant thing that uh, Joanne made. Uh, but basically, they're both, they're both sleeping on it right now. One inside of one of the little rooms, and the other yeah. inside of the... So it's just one of them was right behind you for most of the stream. So yeah, uh, Janeway was uh, hanging out behind me quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, doesn't look like we have any specific questions this time around. But uh, if anybody does when we do these, we'll uh, we'll open that up. All right. Well, thank yeah. you all for uh, watching and uh, have a great night. Good night, everybody. <laughs>